This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions Recruiting. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and food of on3.com. Still waiting. Still waiting for Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. Hey, buddy, what's up? Yo, yo. What's good? You getting tired of waiting, too, like every Ole Miss fan right now? Uh, no, I, contrary to popular belief, I love this part of recruiting. Where, really? Um, can't put your phone down. Uh, you have to uh, wait hand and foot on uh, every waning moment because, uh, look, it's just another chance to break something down. So, um, I sent yeah, some sarcasm there from you. Yeah, it's it, it's a little – I mean, I get the uh, – hostility is not the right word. I get the angst from Ole Miss fans. They want to know um, Ole Miss needs a quarterback. There's no doubt about that. And, again, for the, I don't know what, 84th time, uh, it's not an indictment, no hard feelings towards Luke Altmaier. You just need another quarterback. You can't go into spring practice with essentially one scholarship quarterback. All due respect to Kincaid Dent. Um, but yeah, I, I understand. And look, it's funny because I've seen people say like, oh, this is just dragging on. It's just been, it's just, it's been two days, three days. Like just take a breather that they're, they're, they're enjoying themselves in the process. Um, I do understand some of the, uh, <laughs> the animosity towards all of the uh, Instagram posts and Twitter and all that. Like I, I get it. It's, it's, it's part of it now, Ben, you know, as well as I do, that's just kind of the nature of the beast now with recruiting. They, they, as in the recruits love the attention and I don't know, maybe, maybe some of us are at fault for that, but um yeah, I mean, it's status quo. They've taken their visits. They have a nice, what, we're almost through this week, so they've got another week, a couple days window to decide what they want to do and get enrolled and get to school. Um, I think Ole Miss would rather have them on campus as soon as possible and not wait until the last minute or up until the uh, the wall of the ad drop date. But um but yeah, I, I understand it, but I'm sure we'll get into it here. I, I, as far as the folks that I've talked to, 
and you've said the same. It's pretty much we're kind of sitting in the same spot we were after the weekend. That's what I was going to ask you next. We're recording at 9.30 on a Thursday morning. As of 9.30 on a Thursday, January 20th, 2022, where will Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg end up? Zach Barry. Still think it's Ole Miss. I think there are some legitimate concerns at Oklahoma with the quarterback situation there. Um, uh, look, it, everybody knows Jeff Levy, Dylan Gabriel tied. Um, it seems like it was forever ago, but uh, I, I actually forgot until maybe it was over the weekend. So I was talking to somebody when they brought it up, but you know, Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy are tied, not, not just because of the UCF connection, but also remember when there was some swirling rumors of Jeff Levy lob- lobbying for the job at UCF when it was open. And with those rumors came the rumors of Dylan Gabriel doing the lobbying in the locker room. Um, so they're obviously close. This isn't just a, Oh yeah. I remember you from Orlando. Like, no, no, no. They're, they're, they're tight. Um, I think that that's something that gives Jackson dark pause. We've talked about that on this show before about how the quarterback room there is much more crowded than it is in Oxford. And I think that that's a legitimate thing. Um, I think that's part of his, in my opinion, I think that's what's going into his decision. Um, it's obvious he liked Oklahoma. Um, Everybody I've talked to said the same thing. Uh, I spoke with uh, Eric Kajar, his high school coach. He told me the same thing. He said he enjoyed his visit in Norman, um, said the same thing about Oxford. Um, but, yeah, I still think it is Ole Miss. Uh, the John David Baker connection's huge. Um, we've been talking about that for what seems like a month now. Um, ever since he got into the portal, that was kind of the bridge that we merged there was, okay, is there a connection with Jackson Dart and Ole Miss? It makes sense on the field, but what else is there? We quickly got to, oh, well, John David Baker, he recruited them uh, to USC. He's now at Ole Miss. So that's huge. And, you know, I just think the Lane Kiffin effect is very real. You could see it in the interview I did with his high school coach. He mentioned that was a big part of the selling point to Ole Miss and why he wanted to go and meet. Uh, in person and talk. Um, uh, Kiffin has a an excellent track record of developing quarterbacks and getting them ready for the NFL, and that's what these guys want to do. Um, so, yeah, I still think it's Ole Miss. Uh, I was able to confirm late yesterday he did it did take a day trip to BYU. Um, don't he have a lot of friends I there? I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I would I would assume so. Draper is close. It's, I think, 29 miles from Provo. Um, I mean, Jackson Dart's Mormon. A lot of people in Utah are Mormon. Mormon people go to BYU. It's an easy equation to figure out. I, he probably has some friends there, I, I think. Don't they have a quarterback a, coming back that's really good? They do. They have two quarterbacks. Um, okay. I looked it up the other day because I, I, I knew they had a good – I knew they had one because I remember watching that late game, the USC-BYU game is actually a really good game this year. Um, Jaron Hall is the starter. He will be back. Uh, He threw for almost 2,600 yards and 20 touchdowns a year ago. Um, The backup to him, who actually had a decent year, threw for uh, 779 yards, six touchdowns. Baylor Romney. Wait. Last name. Yeah. 
parents are Jenny and Cade. Okay. All so right. maybe he's a nephew. Um, For Romney to be a quarterback <laughs> at BYU is perfect, right? Yeah. Yeah. First just, name Baylor. If you were designing a team, if you were playing college football 2014 on PlayStation or whatever it would be, and you started a BYU team, chances are, as you're recreating names and positions and all this kind of stuff, you put a Romney somewhere. And quarterback, backup quarterback is just perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So he played in some spot duty a year ago, um, almost 800 yards passing, six touchdowns. So they've got two more than capable quarterbacks. You'd have two names. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're talking about things people care about. And I'm over here just fan casting some names yeah. for football 2014. You'd have Dan Smith and a Romney. Joseph Smith, if you will. Or Joseph Smith, yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like Romney's a, you know, that's a name that perks some ears up in Provo. I was gonna say that, or like if you had a, you know, maybe down the line you had a younger Fredette that was there as an athlete, yes. that would obviously yes. ring some bells. Like a I don't know if Jim McMahon sending his kids there, but that's another one. Uh, you know, Steve Young. Detmer is a name that would resonate with people there. But but yeah, we're getting off track. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's my fault. I'm how, sorry. <laughs> I don't know how real the interest is in BYU. I, you, I just don't get you, the sense that there's a lot of interest there, that they're going to be a serious player. I think there is at least a little there there as far as like – Sure. He went and saw him. If it he's was, got friends. I, I just don't think that BYU is going to be the spot. <clears throat> if it was a – I'll say this, and this is from a recruiting angle, and this is it's, – it's my opinion, but I think it's sourced well in how I'm formulating this opinion – the recruiting if it was a real legitimate threat to Oklahoma and Ole Miss I think he would have waited until the weekend to do a multiple day trip he did it on a Wednesday all day um uh, I I saw I think on Twitter maybe somebody sent it to me do the Twitter or a screenshot somebody from BYU's beat report reported that the the visit was done at 5 p.m local time Maybe he got all he needed in that one day and in that, in that amount of time. I don't know. Um, yeah, that doesn't seem long enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't talked to Jackson Dart. Um, I haven't talked to anyone else around him. Um, I did reach out to his, his high school coach that I've talked to a couple, couple times here and there to ask, you know, how legitimate the interest was. He hasn't got back to me yet. But, I mean, even he probably doesn't really know. I mean, he's talked to Jackson a little bit. But probably out of respect to him, he's probably not going to reveal too much because he probably wants to – sit down and make the decision with his family. I, I think I was going to ask you, when do you think something happens? I think it's probably this weekend because I do think time is of the essence here. and He needs to make a decision one way or the other and get on a campus somewhere and start class and start working with his team. Cause there are places that have already started doing workouts and stuff. So I would be shocked if it's not done weekend. by Saturday. That probably tracks. I think that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I mean, you kind of has to get done, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you make a decision, you pack up your stuff, you get on a plane, you get somewhere Sunday, early Monday. I mean, yeah, I think it's this weekend when it happens. But yeah, I mean, the BYU thing. I know people were kind of freaking out because of, you know, oh, like it's it's a local uh, pull. Like he's going to stay home, close to family. Like, oh, this is a guy that went to Los Angeles right out of high school. I don't think that's a concern. Now, I some people do that. have changes of heart. And, you know, like J.J. Pegues, he came back to, to Ole Miss. But I think there's more at play than 
him being homesick or wanting to be close to family and friends for playing football. I mean, I think Jackson Dart's a guy that he just wants to go compete and play at a high level and have a chance to go to the NFL. Um, now, not, not saying that he can't get that at BYU because obviously the number one overall pick, Zach Wilson was there. And uh, he was number he two. Done, he wasn't number one. He was number two. Close, close. Behind enough. Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know. Right about Trevor. It's weird he how when you go down year, to Duval County, you, mm-hmm. you disappear. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably, probably a lot to do with uh, who was running the show, but maybe he'll be better next year. But anyway, yeah. Sorry, Zach. You were number two, not number one. But yeah, I, I think Dart is somebody that wants to play on a big stage and play in a big time conference and play against the best of the best and get prepared for the NFL. That is my long winded take on where things stand uh, in case I haven't reiterated it enough. Everybody I've spoken with still confident that Ole Miss is going to get it done. Um, just a matter of uh, when, not if. Going to get right back to Zach Barry in this edition of Talk of Champions Recruiting after Zach tells you about a couple proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant bar and entertainment space on South Lamar in Oxford. 10,000 square feet of indoor space and three-quarters of an acre of outdoor space complete with a full-stage indoor and outdoor projectors, three bars, a children's playground, and parking on site for you to come and enjoy all of their open fire barbecue and the fixings that come with it. And... Now you can contact Lamar Yard and ask them about their catering and private event rental options. Perfect for that next big celebration and or the Grove party in the fall or if you want to inquire about doing some catering in the spring for Ole Miss baseball. They are your quintessential family and pet friendly venue and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at LamarYard.com. Football season is back at Ole Miss. As we all know, we are rolling in to the end of the 2021 season. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild and South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. If they get it done, you get Jackson Dart, mm-hmm. Michael Trigg, you add them to Zach Evans. You're going to get another wide receiver. Jordan Watkins is already in the fold. Cam Johnson's supposed to visit this week in the Vanderbilt wide receiver. Deion Smith still up in the air there with his academics. If they do get that done, despite anything else that might come later, 
where would you rank this class considering everything? Because you can't just judge based on high school anymore. Well, we talked about it last week. I mean, I had a little bit of pause, but you said it right away. I mean, I think if you land Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, and then if you get one of Isaiah Nayor, Javon Baker, I don't think they're getting Deion. I think Deion Smith's staying at LSU just because academics, and it's just going to be a little more convenient for him to stay. Um, but either, I mean, if you get a Nayor or a Baker, I mean, I think it's a legitimate top 10 class. Um, I mean, you get instant impact guys on both sides of the football. Um, Chris Partridge, Randall Joyner, um, that defensive staff has done a hell of a job. I mean, getting Aishim Young, Darius Tennyson, um, Troy Brown. I mean, they're, they're really, really high on Troy Brown. Somebody told me they think that he could have an impact like Chance Campbell had in 2021. That's certainly something that they will need since Chance Campbell's gone. Mark Robinson's gone. That's a ton. It's, I can't remember the actual number of combined tackles, but it's a lot of, they were first a lot and of plays being made. Yeah, so that's a lot of uh, production you're going to have to replace. So if they, they think that highly of him, that that's, that's pretty big. So, um, yeah, I mean, the offense has been behind a little bit in the portal recruiting-wise. Uh, you know, Zach Evans is a big piece. And then Mason Brooks is a big piece. But if you get a Jackson Dart and a Michael Trigg, this is a bona fide top 10 class with star power, um, experience. Uh, I listened to your interview with, with Mason Brooks, and he had a great point talking about with Broker coming back, Jeremy James, Eli Acker, him, uh, Caleb Warren, that, that whole offensive line that a lot of uh, experience and a really lot of young good. guys that have played a lot. I mean, he, he mentioned it like probably one of the more experienced o-lines in the country which when he said it i was like oh yeah no that's that's about right that's a good point and one thing um, that brad brought up the other day if you look at the offensive line how it performed in the sugar bowl it wouldn't hurt to add one or two more but i think that's more of a luxury than an absolute need so if you consider mason brooks he's on the same level as far as impact as zach evans maybe not jackson dark because the quarterback's the quarterback but jordan watkins troy brown i mean mason brooks is a big big get for them they had to get another accomplished plug-and-play offensive lineman, more specifically at tackle, and that's what they got. Kid's really good. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, it's a different position and a different level of impact, but it's similar to what happened last offseason with Orlando Umana coming in just because it gave you so much um, flexibility with moving people around. I think mm-hmm. Mason Brooks is a guy that could, could play either side, so I think it's something where you're giving Jeremy James some comfort there to where it's, you're not forcing him into like, you have to play this position. I think they can move him around. Um, and then you've got the, the interior. I think you can slide Nick broker in. He can start to get a little more familiar with what I think he'll play at the next level. And then um, you've got a freshman all SEC guy in Eli Acker that had a hell of a close to his 2021 season. I think he's only going to get better because he's going to be more experienced, get bigger in the weight room, all that. Um, and then you've got some pieces behind them. I mean, Cedric Melton played a little bit in 2021. Um, you know, some of the younger guys that were thrown in there when Jake Thornton was trying to figure out the right mix, um, you know, they, they found some things here and there with, uh, with some of the, the O-linemen that are younger in that room. So, yeah, Brooks is huge. I mean, you could argue that he's as big of a deal as Zach Evans, but I think Zach Evans probably edges him a little bit just because Ely and Connor are gone. So that was a 
big, big, big time get and a big time need because you lose. And he's on campus. Who you're, yeah, already already enrolled um, in the school of business. So, so all that, that academic is, stuff taken care of. That's great. Yeah, I mean that's that's great news. Um, so yeah, it's I th- to answer you know roundabout way to answer your question. I, I think getting Dart Trig and one receiver, whether that's Nayor or Baker or Deion Smith, by some you know miracle. I wouldn't um, call it a miracle. Yeah, I mean, it's, but yeah, he's got a steep hill to climb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's top ten class. Absolutely, I, I don't I don't have any problem saying that now because i mean dart was a guy that um i mean gatorade national gatorade player of the year coming out of high school um you know up until devin brown broke his records in utah he set every passing record in utah and then look played great i mean played in six games started three at usc as a true freshman um and i mean it was a banged up uh i don't know it's hard to judge a guy playing on a team that lost its head coach and had a ton of injuries and then guys starting just kind of opting out towards the end of the year, maybe he's still young. So like, it's not like he's a, well, this is the finished product. You get one year with him. Like, no, no, no. Like he, he's going to have it at least three more years. So he's, he's got tons of room to grow and get better. Um, so the ceiling is high for him, but yeah, I mean, those, it's the, the potential pieces that, they are adding to this class and, and, and look, I, the numbers were down and it wasn't the, the flashy, you know, seventh ranked class in the country, but they, they, they met a lot of needs in this class at the high school level. And they've got some, some, I think some potential instant impact guys. So it's a good mix of portal and filling needs at the high school level and getting them into your program to where you can start developing them and, working them into the, uh, into the two deep for, for next season. Of those high school guys, which one do you think are instant impact contributors next year? They can really help. Cause only a couple of them really helped last year. Trey Washington and Aishim Young. No, not Aishim Young. Taishim Johnson. I'm already going to mess that up. Taishim Johnson. <laughs> Too many Sheens. Too many Sheens. Um, depending on the scheme defensively, I think they're going to stick with the same, but I'm not hundred percent because I'm, how would I, I know I'm not in their meetings? I, I think Xavier Harris has a real shot to make an impact. Might need to trim up the body a little bit, maybe get fit for power five football. But I mean, he's an app. He's, he's a monster. He's six, seven, three fifty. Uh, he moves incredibly well for a guy that size. He was the six, a defensive player of the year in Mississippi got overshadowed big time because of guys like Trevion Williams and, and Jaheim Otis. Uh, and he committed early in the summer. Uh, I think he has a real shot to at least get in the rotation. Um, other guys defensively, I think Jaron Willis is a guy that could could really play early. I do too. Because um, a lot of Archer's people are talking about linebacker right now, and they're worried about linebacker, even with Troy right. Brown, but we forget about Jaron Willis. When's the last time Ole Miss signed a four-star or better linebacker? 2017. That kid's going to play. Yeah. And, and and it's not just a linebacker that they've signed that's really highly rated. It's a guy that's 6'2", 220. I mean, there, there there's some guy like Breon Dixon was the guy that you're referring to. I mean, he was he, he was small, like he he wasn't two twenty. So it was like, well, like you know, he's talented, he can play, but he's probably gonna need to get in the weight room for a year before he can make an impact. He was a twinner. He'll be a safety or a linebacker if he can grow into right. it. This is a true linebacker. Oh yeah, Jerry Willis will will play linebacker. Um, 
And I mean, he's a guy that has a real shot. He has the build. If he can play in the SEC, he, he could potentially play in the NFL just because he has that frame to work with. Um, I think he's a legitimate instant impact guy. Um, trying to think of anybody else defensively. Um, Davis Nick Benoson could absolutely play a he's good legitimate play. corner. I mean, power five NFL pedigree look. 6'2", 6'3", 185 pounds. I mean, he was wowing people in San Antonio before he tested positive for COVID, had to sit out. I mean, people were already raving about him. Um, and I think that that's the type of guy, and this is my opinion, but I think he's going to come to campus hungry. He had a lot of adversity with his high school season getting cut short. You know that that fueled him. And then he couldn't even play in the All-Star game. I think he's going to be a guy that's just itching to go when he gets to campus and they rave about him. Um, everybody's heard the comparisons or the, the impact comparisons to somebody like Jabril Peppers, maybe a little biased because that's a Northeast guy. He's from the Northeast, but Partridge and that defensive staff are really excited to get him on campus. Um, if you want kind of a under the radar guy, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about build to play at the next level, I think Tyler Banks could surprise some people with just he's 240 pounds and he played receiver in high school. I mean, he's just a freak. He's not going to play receiver at Ole Miss, but he's athletic as hell. I think he's going to find the field in 2022, whether that's special teams or, you know, I don't know, but I think he's going to have a chance to, to get some, some reps in. You think it grows into a defensive line edge potentially though? It could because of the defense they run and they, they like to have athletic guys that stand up and, and move he's around. Big. He's big. And, and I mean, he, I mentioned how athletic he is. He can cover. He can play. He, he can play in space. He's not limited in the box. So that's a good point there. He could just get bigger and kind of be a Seth Johnson type dude. Mm. Um, offensively, I mean, I, I love Quinshawn Judkins. Um, you do. That's your dude. He's very, I mean, the guy put up, crazy numbers and he missed I think three games with a, a injury early in his high school season but um man he's just powerful runner I said he, he reminds me a lot of TJ Yeldon his high school coach said the same thing um have you done that compliments podcast I love that I don't know I'm, I may have written it or I don't know maybe not but I um, love that TJ Yeldon I, I, yeah I like that I know I no doubt or, or, or no joke I should say I said that to someone and then somebody sent me an article of an interview his high school coach did. And his high school coach said the same thing. And I think his high school coach either coached TJ Yeldon or just knows about Yeldon because he's an Alabama guy. But um, yeah, just like similar running style. They have good balance. Upright um, in the way they run. Yeah, like yeah, like not crazy breakaway speed, but enough to run away from you. But he's just powerful runner. And Marco Marco Blackwell already went and visited him. Um, so I think he's going to be counted on possibly. And he too in is in school right now. Yes, yes, very big. Um, already on campus, getting ready to start workouts. So, I mean, that's a you, you get Judkins, Zach Evans, and Kendrell Bullock. I mean, that's a it's a good mix of kind of everything you need at a, at a running back. So, that would probably offensively. I'm trying to think of somebody else. Um, Jalen Knox right. is not a newcomer because he was on the roster last year, but they view him right now as one of, if not the best wide receivers on campus. He's going to start in the slot. Yeah. you got to factor was, him into. 
Yeah, absolutely. He was turning heads in practice all year. Um, weird situation with him not being able to play. I, I don't know the the specifics there, but he will be absolutely <laughs> catching some passes from yes. whoever his quarterback for Ole Miss. Whoever it is, JT Daniels, I'm not going there yet. I'm just not, I'm not no, going there. No, no. Got to get him a new leg. Jalen White is another guy. Um, Here's I mean, one for you. Jeremiah Dillon, sleeper. He's yeah, my sleeper. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I had a chance to meet him at the cookout weekend they had earlier this year. Um, he's big. He's bigger than six one, I think. Um, yeah, he's tall. Uh, he's a big guy. Uh, Larry Simmons is another guy. Uh, you know, quote, unquote, underrated. Um, had an impressive offer sheet out of high school. Um, Built just guy, like Dante. Dante Moncrief. Yeah. They're really high on him. He's just a, you know, every, everything kind of looks easy the way he runs routes and catches the football and runs away from people. So, um, yeah, Jalen White's another one I think is, is someone that could uh, be a name to know down the road. I don't know if he'll play a lot next year, but he's super athletic you know, a 200 plus pound guy that played quarterback in high school. He's going to play linebacker at the next level. Um, a couple of the DBs that I think the coaches really, really like Jarrell Stinson, Nick Cole, um, probably going to be, I think those two guys are kind of in that same mold as like a Tysheem Johnson, um, you know, slot corner type guy that kind of plays all over the place covers, you know, probably a team's best inside receiver just because of the, the athleticism and, and both of them are, are pretty physical despite, you know, being 5'11", 175 pounds. Um, I don't know how early he will play, but I do think Taylor Groves is the guy that's going to, once he develops and plays more of the position, I think he's going to be a legitimate starter on the back, on the back line. In the, in the secondary, I think he, 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 in high school, he played everything. I, I saw him play multiple times. Um, he was, he, he never came off the field. And I think that once he's specialized in one position at the college level, get some coaching, fine tunes, a couple things. I mean, he's got the, the frame to be like an AJ Finley at safety long. He can really run. And, you know, he played receiver in high school. So, you know, he has the ball skills, but, I know I just threw out a bunch of names. I, I'm not saying they're all going to be instant impact, but those are kind of the ones that I'm looking at um, right now for, for next season. I do think the offensive line class that they're bringing in is a strong one, but offensive line is just a position. It's so hard to come in and play right away. There's not a lot of Laramie Tunsils out there. There's not a lot of, not a lot of Bobby Massey's out there that can, can play immediately. It's just, it's just hard because, I mean, some of the best players in the country – nowadays with how the positions changed and people are more specialized in becoming rush ins and it's hard to throw a 18 19 year old out there to block somebody like sam williams it's just it's difficult but i do i do like the offensive line class they're bringing in here's what i know about jackson dart right now i don't get the sense that byu is a serious player despite that one day trip yesterday i would be shocked if there isn't a decision by the end of the week, I think it could come today. That's where I think things stand right now with Jackson Dart. How do you feel 
about Isaiah Nayor and Javon Baker? If you had to guess right now, if you had to say right now that Ole Miss was going to get one of them, which one do you feel confident about? I think if I have to pick one, it's Javon Baker, but I'm not extremely confident. And I'm not saying that because I don't think Ole Miss has a shot. I just don't know. And I don't even think Javon Baker knows. I think he's still trying to figure things out too. Um, he's reportedly taking a trip to Kentucky. I don't know if he's there right now or if he's going this weekend. Um, I do know Ole Miss really likes him. They want to bring him in to be someone that can factor into the starting lineup at receiver. Um, they're trying to replace Ontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, Jacor Pearson. Um, he would be a guy that you would factor in into that into that wide receiver room that would probably play right away alongside Jonathan Mingo, Jalen Knox, Braylon Brown, um, Jordan Watkins, the transfer from Louisville. I mean, I think they would absolutely love to add him to this class. But right now, I, I would pick him if I'm going between him and Naor, but I'm not sure how far down the line he is in, as far as a decision goes. Because neither one of us feel all that confident anymore about Deion Smith. It was done, and then the academic stuff cropped up. Yes. Yes. Have to go to class. Have to, uh, have to make good grades. Um, yeah, he, he's got some hurdles. I think it's probably just going to be more convenient for him to stay at LSU. Now, uh, maybe he figures it out and gets the grades, the credits, the classes passed that he needs to, and then decides to leave in the summer. I'm not saying that he will. I, I I don't know, but I'm not, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I wouldn't be counting on him at this point. Cam Johnson's supposed to come in this weekend. I've reached out to him. He's supposed to hit me back and just let me know what's going on with his recruitment. If he's still coming in, what he's going to be looking for and things like that. The Vanderbilt wide receiver, Jordan Watkins is in the fold. They definitely have to add at least one more, if not two. And it wouldn't hurt to add a couple more offensive linemen, even though Mason Brooks, I think, isn't getting enough credit for how good he is and how big of a land he is. Because Orlando Omana, he was up and down. But he did start for you every single game at center and even moved over to guard a couple of times. Yeah, I was going to say that the addition is kind of similar to Umana. It's a different position. And I think Mason Brooks is a little more talented, but it gives you the, the versatility, the flexibility to move people around. Uh, Umana was able to go in and play center. You could move Ben Brown to guard. And then when Ben Brown was injured, you still had that steady piece at center with Umana and you could factor in other guys and then you know Eli Acker got to play and it was eventually a freshman all SEC guy so um Brooks is a similar add to this room because he gives you that flexibility to you can stick him at left tackle and leave Jeremy James at right tackle you don't have to tell Jeremy James okay you have to play left tackle I think Brooks can play either side and then he is a guy that's played a ton of football he was an all-conference USA guy at Western Kentucky and look I mean in your interview, I mean, you know, Auburn wanted him, Oklahoma State wanted him, Baylor wanted him, uh, Mississippi State was coming after him, Texas Tech really wanted him. So this is a guy that was hearing from a lot of Power Five teams. So you can kind of, you know, don't get, you know, don't let it fog your your assessment of his addition because he played in Conference USA. I mean, he was a bona fide all conference guy that, um, you know, I've watched some of his highlights. He he's, he does a little bit of everything. He's, Pretty, he's pretty damn good in pass coverage, and then he's he gets after you in the run game. He's got a little bit of a, a mean streak, finishes well. Um, but again, I mean, I think it's just the 
the flexibility that he provides you to where you, you can move him around and you don't have to pigeonhole someone in one spot. The early plan is for Jeremy James, at least in the spring, to play left tackle and Mason Brooks right tackle, but he does have that versatility. We've gone this long oh, and talked about it. Chad Simmons. Take I know where you're going. Uh-huh. Okay. Chad Simmons. On Thursday, three hours ago, posted an extensive update on 2023 five-star-plus quarterback, Arch Manning. He talked to his high school coach at Newman, Nelson Stewart. Ole Miss stopped by Friday to check on him. Monday was Georgia, four coaches, Kirby Smart included. Ohio State had an assistant coach in on Monday. Ole Miss was back again as well, according to Chad. New Florida head coach Billy Napier and two of his assistants were in on Tuesday. Still expected this week are coaches from Alabama, including Nick Saban, Florida State, LSU, Oklahoma, and Texas. And according to Chad, there are likely to be others. And now we're hearing, as quoted by his head coach, so it's not really hearing, that Arch is now going to delay his announcement till the fall. Probably going to wait until the fall. No longer going to be making that announcement in the spring. And what did he have to say about Ole Miss, you might be asking yourself? Ole Miss has the connections, of course. They had a great season. And now Charlie Weiss Jr. has come in and been very impressive he is young, innovative, creative, and he has done a great job early on. Zach Barry, your breakdown of the latest update. Yes, love breaking things down. It doesn't surprise me what they've said. It does surprise me how fast his impact has been felt. Um, Talking about you know, Charlie Weiss? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, when he was hired, I talked to Matt Zenitz of On3. He told me about – when he was on staff as a, he was an analyst or some kind of offensive assistant in Alabama, there were several people on that staff, including Nick Saban, that spoke incredibly high of him. His acumen as a coach, his knowledge of the game, um, you know, there's been a lot of jokes about his photographic memory, but it's apparently very real. Uh, all of that goes into me thinking that it, it's, it, you know, it wasn't a big splashy hire. It wasn't the, um, you know, the, the, the big OC name that, that people were probably wanting, but the familiarity with Kiffin, they worked together before. And then also just the, you know, young up and coming name in the industry that is respected. I mean, he's been around college football his whole life, basically, you know, his dad, obviously is Charlie Weiss, who was with him at Notre Dame. He was there at Kansas. Um, and then he's been on several staffs and have worked with several high profile coaches. So, I wasn't shocked at what Isidore Newman head coach um, Stewart said, but again, I mean, he, the impact has been felt. I mean, Arch Manning has said as much and coaches um, down in New Orleans have said it. He's been down there twice. Now he went to see him uh, this week in a basketball game. He went down there, I believe last week or two weeks ago and uh, met with the staff. So, um, I, and this isn't a shot at Jeff Levy, but I, I, I'm not sure how many times Jeff Levy went down there when he was on staff. I don't know if he did. Um, I know Kiffin's been down there a couple times since he's been at Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, I mean, a guy like that that's hungry right after being hired already, you know, you know, understands the assignment, if you will, and knows that this is the number one player in this class of 2023. He's their number one target. That is who, you know, that is on the his checklist, his to-do list every single day is probably something to do with Arch Manning. And the fact that he is already down there and, you know, earning that street cred is huge for Ole Miss because I still think, uh, give me your opinion after I get mine. I still think it's a three-team race between Georgia, Texas, and Ole Miss. 
I will say that I still think the most likely outcome is that Ole Miss is in his finalist throughout and he picks somewhere else. I would agree with that right now. I, I, I agree hundred percent. How does it change? I don't think Ole Miss is, How does it change? I don't think, yeah, I, was, I don't think Ole Miss is a favorite by any means, but I do think they're in it. I think it's Texas, Ole Miss and Georgia, Georgia's impact with winning the national title. You know, you make all the jokes you want about Kirby and squandering high profile quarterbacks, but they just won a national title with a walk-on quarterback. Now you, we, we can get into the semantics of, well, the defense was why they won it, whatever, but Stetson Bennett had a great game against Alabama. They won it. Um, Arch has talked about how much he likes the city of Austin. He likes Sark. Um, but you know, I, I think Lane Kiffin gives Ole Miss a real opportunity. He, he I think has prepared Matt Corral to be a first round pick in April. I think most people expect that he will play in the NFL. We'll see what happens with the Jackson Dart situation. He comes in. How does he play in 2022? How does if it is know, Jackson he doesn't Dart, win the job? Does that yeah, change say, things we, for him? I don't think so. I think the timeline still works out. I have a, I'm of the opinion. I don't know if, if I've said this on the show. I think I've said this to you in conversations. I and look, I'm not a quarterback coach. I'm not some analyst draft guy but in my opinion i still think arch probably needs a redshirt year and it's not a slight to arch at all it's elon redshirted it's, it's hard to be a true freshman quarterback i mean we saw i mean jackson dart was a true freshman quarterback he had some games where he absolutely shredded people and then he had some games where he struggled it's hard you it, it, not many people just waltz into college football as an 18 19 year old and light it up so I, I still think he probably needs to, wherever he goes, red shirt, get in the weight room, get bigger, learn a playbook. The speed of the game is going to be, I mean, come on, night and day. I mean, he plays at Isidore Newman. It's a small private school division in, in New Orleans, in Louisiana. He's not playing big 6A football in Texas or Florida or California. It's going to be a very different animal. Um, so I, I think the quarterback situation now, Jackson Dart, Luke Altmyer, whoever it is, I don't think that that's going to affect Arch Manning's decision at all because of what I just said. And then also elite quarterbacks normally don't really care to a certain extent. They think that they're good. They think they're talented and they think that they can win a job. So I don't think, I think the timeline kind of works out too, where what, if it's Dart, probably at Ole Miss for two years and then he's going pro. Um, Luke Altmyer wins the job. Timeline works out to where I don't think it'll really matter. Um, and then look, you you can't ignore Alabama. I mean, they're they're essentially Thanos. They are inevitable. They are always going to be there. The draw to go play at Alabama is not something that is far fetched at all. They are a factory that is always going to be involved some way or another in the college football playoff whether that's not Alabama. <laughs> I was going to say, at least Georgia's in the East. If you're, if you're seeing Arch Manning in the crimson and white in your, in, and in the I same just don't division, want to deal gonna, with the fallout of Arch Manning at Alabama. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that as an almost big reporter. Yeah. yeah and, and look, if you want to look at a depth chart or look at a room or kind of the, the, the trend of how Alabama recruits the quarterback position, I mean, they're always going to recruit well. So it's a very different 
logistically looking at Ole Miss compared to these other places, you know, they're always going to have at least two or three highly rated guys there that you're going to have to fight for that starting job with. Um, Do you want to hear one Alabama, thing that I've heard is a real consideration for Arch Manning as far as Ole Miss is concerned? Is the co-OC David Cutcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll wrap it up, though, don't you? Bring him in. He spend his oh, man. off days Go ahead. going and watching his son at Oxford. Be good. Wrap him, wrap him in red and blue, Ben. Wrap him in red and blue. Here's what I've heard. All right, so what are you going to say? Okay. Where can Arch Manning most raise his profile? He's a brand. If he goes to Alabama, you're not adding anything else to Alabama. You're not adding anything else really to yourself or Georgia. Same kind of thing. At Ole Miss sure. with Lane Kiffin, I have heard this is a consideration. Where can he absolutely raise his profile from where it already is, which is starting as a skyscraper? Everybody knows who Arch Manning is. Even if you're a moderate to barely plugged in recruiting follower, you know yeah. who Arch Manning is and you're following his recruitment. What school that you're actually considering, really considering, could you really expand your brand? And I've heard that is a consideration with Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin because that is the spot where he could most raise his profile, get more exposure that he otherwise wouldn't get because you're a Manning. You're going to get that anyway. All right, we got some other things to cover here. Charlie Weiss, Lane Kiffin, what does that offense look like? And is one of or both of Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier good fits for it? Going to jump right back to Zach Barry in this edition of Talk of Champions Recruiting after Zach tells you about a few more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 seven, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark. 
and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. There's going to be some similarities. There's going to not be some similarities with what Kiffin and Levy ran. Um, by now, people know Levy comes from the Baylor tree, it's the spread power run game. Um, we talked about it during the season. You, you, you run the football to set up a pass. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of that. They ran the ball um, a lot and did it, did it very well at FAU. Um, they had Devin Singletary, who's now with the Buffalo Bills, and then they had guys like B.J. Emmons, an Alabama transfer, um, that ran it well. Uh, Larry McCain the third, who was a former Ole Miss target that went there and played running back for them. Um, but then also, I mean, Chris Robeson, the Oklahoma transfer that went there, uh, put up some big numbers in the passing game as well. Harrison Bryant won the Mackey Award. Um, that's a big pull for, for Ole Miss. And Michael Trigg is what they did with Harrison Bryant at FAU and, and how well they use the tight end. Um, I think it's going to be more of a up-tempo. Uh, you're still going to use the run game, um, especially with a guy like Zach Evans being on the roster. Um, Quinchon Judkins, we talked about him already. Kentrell Bullock's a guy that's back. Um, you're going to utilize the run game, but it's more catered to the pro game. Um, I think it's more of, you know, working levels, intermediate throws, downfield, going through the progressions more. It's, it's, I think it's going to be more catered towards the pro game um, as it is uh, when you look at what Levy and them did with the, the more run, run, run pass. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a mix, a little bit more of a balance with what Weiss brings. And, you know, we talked about the quarterback competition that's potentially there with Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier. I mean, I think the offense fits both of them. 
Uh, they both bring different things to the table. Altmaier is a guy that obviously already has the familiarity with Kiffin. Um, he has some arm talent. He's athletic. He can move. He has the camaraderie with the receivers already that been on campus. He's been in practice with them. Um, Dart, I, look, I, if you're if you're if you're doing a if you're playing NCAA football and you're making a quarterback, you, you make them look like Jackson Dart. You know, you're six three, six four. You're two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty pounds. You got the long hair, the puka shell necklace. You, you got the Anakin Skywalker face paint. Um, all the arm talent in the world can make every throw, accurate on the run, and really underrated in the run game too. Uh, I talked about it with his high school coach in the interview that I did. You can read that at homespirit.com, an affiliate of On Three Sports. Um, ran for over a thousand yards as a high school senior. Um, he wasn't asked to run a lot in Graham Harrell's offense at USC, but um, he's more than capable of doing it. And um, like his high school coach, Eric Jar said in the interview, I mean, he's got a lot of Matt Corral in his game. He likes to be physical in the run game. He, he did say he probably needs to get better about that and protecting himself and being smarter. But um, he's got that edge that Corral played with. He's a competitor. And then he can really push the ball down the field. I mean, the guy's got – immense NFL caliber arm talent. So um, I think either one would work in this offense. They, they do different things well, but I think the things that they do well fit with what Charlie Weiss Jr. wants to do. As we've been recording, Isaiah Nayor flipped from Tennessee to Texas. Mm, there it is. So we don't have to worry about Isaiah Nayor anymore. Coleman Hustler, Ole Miss assistant, special teams coordinator, defensive assistant, left for Alabama yesterday. Christian Robinson, I've heard, coming back potentially to take his place. I was hearing a lot of rumblings about Christian Robinson coming back well before this news came down. So it now makes more sense because there's an open spot on the staff. As far as special teams coordinators are concerned, you don't really need one. Lane Kevin's always really had one. Blake Gideon, then Coleman Hutzler. But Derek Nixon's got experience coordinating special teams. And a lot of programs just do the full staff, Johnny full staff to uh, handle special teams and, and coach them up. So I don't think you're necessarily hiring for that position. More or less, you're trying to get another quality defensive assistant and a good recruiter. And I think Christian Robinson should, would check those boxes if, in fact, he is the hire, which we don't know yet, but we've heard his name. Yeah, he makes a lot of sense. Um, he's a guy that's operated within the SEC footprint his entire career. Um, he was a uh, – there it is. I lost for a second. He's been, he's been a GA at SEC schools. Georgia, he played there. Uh, then he was at Ole Miss. Then he was at Mississippi State with Dan Mullen. And then he was an on-field coach at Florida um, for three years. Um, impressive run, though, for a guy that is as young as he is and has only been on the field for that short amount of time. He has coached five SEC players or, – or, excuse me, five NFL players. Um, he had, let's see, one, two, two drafted from Florida, Jonathan Greenard and Vasine Joseph both in the NFL and then three guys that he worked with while he was at Ole Miss, Robert Kimdichie, DJ Jones, and Marquise Haynes. So um, he's a respected name. He's a young, a lot like Charlie Weiss Jr. He's, he's young, he's hungry, um, but despite being, uh, I don't know how old he is um, off the top of my head, but I mean, he's a, he's a young guy that um, is respected in the SEC as a recruiter and as a coach. He worked for Todd Grantham at Florida. Um, as a linebackers coach. And uh, like you said, it makes a ton of sense for him to come back to Oxford. Um, and I, you know, I was looking at some of the guys that, that he had signed during his time at Florida 
and it's pretty impressive. A um, lot of four-star linebackers, defensive end, weak side defensive end guys. Uh, one name in particular that piqued my interest, we, you know, we were talking about some throwback names earlier in the show. Uh, one, Daiwan Black. He signed at Florida after his uh, brief stint at JUCO. Um, not in the portal yet, but there were some rumblings that he might be wanting to get in the portal. Um, just another size, speed, ratio type guy that um, would be someone that I think Ole Miss would uh, <laughs> have come play on their defense because you uh, you got to have those fast, physical guys play in the SEC. But, um, yeah, I mean, he makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, you look at his track record as coaching linebackers, uh, Brenton Cox Jr., Chris Bogle were two guys that played really well for him um, uh, two years ago. Or I guess I'd say one year ago um, in 2020, uh, in the 2020 season. But, um, but yeah, he's a Georgia native. He would certainly help recruit the state of Georgia. Almost loves to recruit the state of Georgia. Chris Partridge is the guy that heads that up. You would think that Christian Robinson would work hand in hand with him in recruiting the Peach State. And they've got a ton of talent there that, you know, the, the Bulldogs can't get them all. So you got to go find the, the Jimmys and Joes where you can. So it makes a ton of sense. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's a uh, respected name in the business. Isaiah Nayor is originally from Texas, so it does make sense for him to end up at Texas. But Ole Miss absolutely wanted him and pursued him well after he committed to Tennessee, got him in for a visit. So that one can be classified as a miss. They wanted that kid. It also yeah. adds, again, some more intrigue. Can you get Deion Smith? Can you get the academic stuff done? You've got Jordan Watkins. Javon Baker's a candidate. I wonder if Taj Harris is. Cam Johnson's supposed to come in this weekend. We need to catch up with Taj Harris. What's going on with him? Kind of gone underground. We need Did to talk Kentucky to him. Kentucky decommitted. We yeah, we need to figure out if if he would still be a take. They they absolutely wanted him early on. A month ago, um, I was but, told he was still a take. Yeah, I mean, you forget that he was Isaiah Nayor before Isaiah Nayor was Isaiah Nayor for Ole Miss fans. <laughs> 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 Promise me this. If Jackson Dart pops for Ole Miss, and only if he pops for Ole Miss, because you can't do an emergency pod if he pops for someone else. If he pops for Ole Miss, that you'll be ready. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You heard it from Zach. I'm going to hold you to that. This is Talk of Champions Recruiting. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This uh, podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. What? What's happening? I, st- I remember my, my, my train of thought has returned. Okay, go. Um, you got 30 seconds. Can't forget Cam Johnson, the Vandy transfer, will be in town this weekend. We reported a month ago at this time. He, the visit date was January 21st. He is still graduating from Vandy in the spring, so he would not be arriving until post-spring semester, summer, whatever, but they still want him as far as I'm concerned, but we do need to check on that. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's Culture Rated Collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.